morning, afternoon, good evening, everybody. Yes, we are still doing house parties slash COVID-19 coronavirus quarantine main cave huddle episodes. I mean, it is getting real out there. It is at the point where this episode, before we get into it, this episode I'd like to title um, Top 5 Fall from Grace, and I'm explain from that. Top 5 Fall from Grace in professional sports. But when you think about what's going on right now, right, it almost feels like the first week was like a, in the back of your head, you didn't like it, but you took it as a, okay, the first week is going to be a recharge. Second week was going to be, okay, let's do stuff so I can be productive. Now we going on to more and more weeks to where it's like, yo, what is really going on right now? I mean, you going out into the street, you going out to the mall, you going out, the malls are completely empty, you driving on the throughway, throughway or the highway, and it doesn't even look like the, it, you driving on the highway, it could be 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and it feels like it's 3 o'clock in the morning. That's how many cars are out there. I mean, man, it is scary times out there right now, man. And real quick before I get into this episode, right? Who other than me feels like you under like some type of house arrest right now? Like, yeah, you can leave and do what you want to do, but where can you really go? You can't go to the gym. You can't hit up the mall. You can't say, look, I want to get out the house and just have a couple of drinks. You could buy a couple of drinks and bring them back to the house, but you can't go to a bar. I mean, and it had me thinking, right? I'm at home. I have access to internet, cable, PS4. I've um, subtext. I've um, decided in retirement, I'm going to become a professional gamer. I have been playing so much Madden. My game is starting to feel like I'm 19 again. But it's like you have been doing all these things to try and entertain yourself while we are under this pandemic. And you still wake up like another day. Like the days feel the same. Like, with no sports going on, you wake up on a Saturday or a Tuesday or a Thursday or a Sunday, and it's all the same. The only thing that's different is, what are they saying about the pandemic today? And literally, what is the reality TV show, whatever it is that you watch, is it on tonight? And it makes me think, those that are incarcerated for real, those that have been incarcerated for real, are you really undergoing any type of rehabilitation in that is there a therapist, a psychologist, somebody there to actually talk to you about what you did, how it was wrong, and what you need to think about? Because if all you're doing is just sending these dudes basically to a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year, six months, one-year, two-year timeout, and they're supposed to come out, how are they going to feel like they have been rehabilitated? Or are they just going to say to you, I'm going to say what you want to hear so I can get out? Because I can't, I'm itching to get back to work. Anybody that knows me knows I'm, I'm a sports guy. I made a decision a long time ago with my life how I wanted to live my life. And sports was going to be a big part of that. And anybody who knows me 
knows and understands that. And in saying that, with no live sports, I'm watching, I'm talking the other day, I'm a North Carolina fan. I was watching Duke-Wisconsin, the national championship game. I knew Duke was going to win that game. I was literally watching it just because it was something current. It was sports. And I just was gravitated, gravitated to it. That's how desperate I am right now. I mean, what if you are in jail and you come out? Have you had the, the proper... That's just a whole other conversation where I'm thinking to myself, are we really rehabilit rehabilitating dudes? Or are you just sending them on adult timeout? And after 10, 20 years, you just hoping they don't have that same energy. That's what it see that's what it feels and seems like to me. And that's scary because people feel like going to jail is nothing. You only do two days, the one day you go in and the one day you come out. But what if you go in as an 18-year-old and you come out? As a 48-year-old, no skills, don't understand the technology or the way of the world right now. And when you went in, it was a completely different world. It's a culture shock. Anyway, look, let's get into this episode. We talking house party. We talking um, quarantine, man cave huddle. If you got something, sip on it, because I am right now. So I like to call this episode um, Top 5, Your Boys Fall From Grace. And I like to give a definition of what fall from grace for me is. A fall from grace to me, meaning you are or were an active athlete and you did some dumb shit or something illegal to end your career or irreparably tarnish your sports achievements and reputation. Or you do something on the level of OJ. So what I'm saying is, you had to have been a professional athlete, but you personally had to have done something stupid. Because I, I reached out to a lot of people, and everybody that's listened to this episode that helped contribute Thank you. I took all your listen to consideration and I appreciate your input. Um, a lot of people said Muhammad Ali, but the thing is with Muhammad, it wasn't a fall from grace in that he did something stupid. He stood on his morals and he was punished because of it. And he lost the prime of his career because he personally stood for his morals, which it wasn't something stupid. He just didn't want to fight in a war that he morally felt was going against what he believed in. So I, I can't say Muhammad Ali, top five fall from grace. When you talk about other players like, um, you know, Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony, uh, you know, players that should have got a ring but didn't, Barry Sanders, things like that. I don't want to say that's not a fall from grace. That's just more like, Maybe that could be another episode. Top five players that should have got a ring. But that's not a fall from grace. These, for me, are my top five fall from grace. Five. I'm going to go with cyclist Lance Armstrong, who was accused and originally denied 
he was doping, meaning that he was taking performance-enhancing drugs. And in 2010, one of his former teammates, Floyd Landis, outed Lance Armstrong because he had won the Tour de France and got caught doping. And after that, he said, you know what? If you're going to get me, you better get Lance too. And Lance denied it for years and years and years and years. And finally, he came to a settlement. And what I've learned with these settlements, and I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not going to act like I pretend to be one. A settlement just means like, look, I was wrong. I'm going to say that I'm wrong. I'm going to pay a fee, and it's going to go away, and I don't want to talk about this no more. So Lance Armstrong settled. He admitted that what he did was wrong, and he had to pay the Tour de France back some money that he won for those two Tour de France's that he won. Number four, this one was tough. This one was tough, but I'm going to go with former third baseman and shortstop of the Seattle Mariners, Texas Rangers, and New York Yankees, Mr. Alex Rodriguez, who was a, who was suspended and was found guilty of using performance-enhancing drugs. And his last year took place in 2016. He was suspended. He took a year off. They found him being guilty. He tried to fight it the best that he could. He came back. He had injuries and said, look, on this uh, 2016, that's it. It's a wrap for me. And at the end of that season, he, delega- he, he, he announced when his last game was going to be. And he was, a, he was a very good player. He was the 19th player to make 12,000 plate appearances. And he, he, let me tell you something. He, he did a lot when he played. And on a press conference on August 7th, 2016, A-Rod announced that he would play his final game for the Yankees on the following Friday on August 12th against the Rays at Yankee Stadium. Now, why do I say he's a top five fall from grace? He was a three-time MVP, a 14-time All-Star, and won the World Series in 09. His average was 295. He had 3,115 hits, 696 home runs, 2,086 RBIs. Prior to taking the PEDs that he took, A-Rod was on track to already make the Hall of Fame, which I was told he wasn't, but I did some research, and he's actually eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2022. But he was on track to make the Hall of Fame. Now... Was he taking these PEDs to kind of be that young dude when he saw his game slipping? Who knows? But my point is, is that he was up there. He was that dude. And when he fell, he fell hard. But you know what? We're talking fall from grace from the from the professional world. Look, I'm going to move on. I got one thing to say about A-Rod. He I, Jennifer Lopez. He good. 
Let's move on to uh, number three. My number three in terms of top five fall from grace is wide receiver, uh, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Oakland Raiders, and New England Patriots, Antonio Brown, who was accused of sexual assault. That case is still going on, so I don't want to sit there and say he was convicted or he didn't. That case is still pending. But what I would say is he was a hard guy to deal with. When he was in Pittsburgh, this guy threw out furniture from his apartment, condo, wherever it was, and he threw it out and it almost fell on a 22-month-year-old that was sitting next to the pool. And they weren't on the ground floor. They were floors up in the air, okay? This is a guy where... There are just numerous stories to where once he became that dude, and he was that dude in the NFL. He wasn't like, yo, he nice. He was considered, if not at some point in the season, throughout his career, the best receiver in the game. And with that comes an ego. And with that ego, it doesn't always mean you're going to get the humble ego or the ego ego, because he was the ego ego. And they decided to trade him to the Oakland Raiders, he went to the Oakland Raiders. He got this whole frostbite situation on his feet. He called the general manager a racial slur. And that was his way of just getting out of Oakland because he didn't want to play for them. Then he went to the New England Patriots. And that's to go to the New England Patriots after everybody already knew of the sexual assault situation that he was dealing with. And the Patriots still took him in. And they told him, look, just behave and you're going to be good. He sent an intimidating text to the accuser. And once the New England Patriots found out about that, they had to let him go. He played one game, scored a touchdown in that game. Could you have imagined Brady and Brown, b and I'm just saying. I, 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 I'm just, you're talking about a guy who played 10 years in the NFL. Four-time All-Pro. When you're All-Pro, that means you're one of four that are the best at your position. Not East or Western Conference, not NFC or AFC. They pick four dudes, and you are one of the best. He was one of the best. In his 10-year career, he had 841 receptions, 11,263 yards, and 75 touchdowns. Let's get this straight. He played 10,000. He played 10 years. I said 10,000. He played 10 years and had 11, over 11,000 yards. Meaning Brubra was good for over 1,000 years per year in his career. Man, look. I mean, he moving on, <laughs> moving right along. Let's go on. To number two, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, mm, mm, mm. Ray Carruth, who in 2001, he was found guilty of conspiring to murder his girlfriend who's pregnant with his child. He, But... The reason why it's conspiring was because the guy who actually pulled the trigger was his man. So his man got sent to jail, 
but he was kind of like the kingpin, but he got sentenced and served. He got sentenced to 18 to 24 years. He served 18 years in the North Carolina state prison system. This dude was in 1997. Top NFL draft pick. When I say top, he was drafted in the first round, 27th overall, to the Carolina Panthers out of the University of Colorado. Listen, I'm not going to spend too much time on this dude, Ray Carruth. Um, what makes this story tragic more than anything out of all the other events that I've spoken to, those other individuals, Antonio Brown affected another person's life, but... Ray Carruth conspired to have his the mother of his child murdered and she actually survived the shooting until she got to the hospital and she was pregnant obviously I just said that but they did an emergency c-section to save the baby she did not live from the wounds that she sustained. And the baby suffered immense brain damage and permanent cerebral palsy due to having 70 minutes of no oxygen. And the baby, I should say the baby, the boy is a young man now. He's still alive. But it's so sad to wear you got a guy who didn't want a girl to have his baby. And I don't want to co-sign it like it's okay, but he could have just been a deadbeat dad and not done anything to that degree. Or he could have just manned up. But obviously that's not what he wanted to do. That's such a sad story, man. I mean, he got out. He'd spent his 18 years that he apologized to the the the, the grandmother, the mother of his, uh, the, the woman that was the mother of his child. He's seen his son. But it's just, that's sad, man. And for me, number one, and this is even sadder, is um, NFL tight end. Formerly of the New England Patriots, Aaron Hernandez. In 2013, he was convicted of first-degree murder of Odin Lloyd. This is so sad on so many levels. This could be a complete episode, and I know all of us, we, this has been recent. I don't want to say recent, obviously, this happened seven years ago, but when it happened, I mean... He was a gangster, like, for real. Not one of those, like, I hang out with rappers. Not one of those, like, my boys are still around me. He was a gangster, like, had a gun, shooting, killing, like, all that. For <sighs> He was convicted of this crime in 2013. In 2012, he played for the New England Patriots that paid nobody. They pay nobody. Brady was not even getting what he was worth. They paid Aaron Hernandez. He signed and agreed to a $39 million contract in 2012. The year before he committed this murder. 
15 million of that 39 million guaranteed. 12 million was the signing bonus. Meaning that all I got to do is sign my name and I got to check for 12 million. I understand all the numbers that I'm talking about. Taxes, you pay your agent, how much money is he really getting? A lot. Even after all that, it's still a lot. Like, at, if you giving me that money, I'm going to all the bros. I'm saying, like, look, man, um, I'm gone. I'm out. I'll pay for permanent security if y'all feel like y'all won't get me. I'm done, man. I'm gone. I'm only hanging out with dudes that are going to try and improve my life. Going to try and educate me. I'm going to chill out with Tom Brady talking about, look, man, how can I eat avocado flavor ice cream? There is no more keeping it real, man. Because when you define keep, what's keeping it real? Going back to the hood and doing what? Going back to the hood with money and still doing the same stupid, irresponsible things that you saw others before you do. It's one thing if you're going to go back to the hood and say, look, I'm going to build a park. I'm going to build a recreational center. I'm going to build a, a, um, a, 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 a area or a recreational center where kids could come and watch movies, play basketball, because I built a park in the backyard. They could play man. They could get schooling, education, tutoring, all that. But when you come back to the hood and you contribute to like the club, like what are you really doing, man? Like, is that it really in your best interest? Like when you talk about like you left the hood and he's not keeping it real, keeping it real, not doing what? Like dirt. I, I, I've read somewhere in a, in a book and it was called survivor's guilt. Survivor's guilt is that you were blessed and lucky enough to make it out. And you feel guilty because those that didn't are calling you a sellout and they want you to come back. That's what survivor's guilt is, man. Where you feel like, am I a sellout because I'm not going back and doing all the things that people are telling me to do and I'm not keeping it 100? Where it's like, I just signed $39 million. I'm playing for one of the most prestigious franchises in the NFL. I'm in the league. I got that FU money to where it's like, even if my career doesn't end with the Patriots, I got enough money to where it's like, look, I could be good. He had a wife. His girl was pregnant. Do you want to know who he murdered? And I know we all knew this, but this is even deeper than that. He actually murdered his fiance's Fiance. Now, let me explain that. His girl had a sister. His sister was engaged to a semi-pro football player out in Boston. So pretty much it's like my lady and her sister, and I'm chilling with my lady's sister's man, and I take him out. How does that affect 
irreparably the relationship between both sisters. Because it's a situation where one sister is the fiance of a professional athlete, signed for all this money, lost, I mean, played in the NFL, played in the Super Bowl. And on the flip side of that, Mr. Odin Lloyd, who unfortunately suffered the murder in this situation and was the victim, he was a semi-pro football player where the, the other sister who was in school trying to be an attorney was probably like, I'm not living a glamorous life like my sister, but hey, it's all love. We're still together. We got two guys that want to play ball, but we're still a big family. And then this happens. How does that affect that relationship? Because I know, and we all know, and there have been many documentaries, and we've all seen them, how she was sitting with the family, not her sister. Have things changed? Love is love, man. And the way the, the sister that had suffered the murder, the way she was looking and crying, that did permanent damage to that relationship. I don't know if that, I don't want to say it could never be repaired, but it just might take a really, 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 really long time. And it might not be as dope as it was, but I don't know about the depth of how their relationship could be. And I'm an only, I'm an only child. So when it comes to sibling relationships, I can't really comment on that. When you're an only child, the number one rule is born by yourself, die by yourself. So nobody else really, how should I say, I don't want to say matters, but it's like nobody else really cares for you like the way a sibling would. And when you don't have one, it's, it's, it's a void in your life. Now, I got so many other people that I wanted to mention on this list, but I couldn't really get into. So I'm going to give my dishonorable mention list. My dishonorable mention list, this is not in order. This is not in order. But I like to go with um, safety. Formerly the NFL, he played for a couple teams, but most notably the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers, Darren Sharper. I mean, this dude, he wasn't a great player, but he was good enough. He was above average, and this dude was out here raping women, using date rape drugs, and, and doing all types of nonsense, and he got sentenced to jail. But, I mean, he was working for the NFL Network. Like, he was good. Like, you played, you retired, you were working for the NFL Like, you were Dishonorable mention. Another dude on the list, John Bones Jones. Now, for me, when I look at John Bones, man, I'm kind of torn because what he did was stupid, but he was failing drug tests, but it wasn't like PEDs. It was like recreational drugs that he was failing tests for. And to me, it was more of an addiction thing. And if it's an addiction thing, is it a mental illness that he was suffering and if he was suffering that, to me, now it's almost like you're opening up a whole other can of worms. Because with John Bones, he was at the point where right when he was going to fight Cormier, if he would if that fight would have ever taken place, whoo, he would have been that dude, man. Kind of like Pacquiao and Mayweather. They never fought each other in their prime. And because of that, when they did fight, it went from being drinking Cristal to drinking 
warm Bud Light is what you saw. It just didn't feel like you were getting a real fight with Mayweather and Pacquiao. And if Jones would have ever fought Cormier in his prime, oh, man, you just felt like that would have been it right there. Iron Mike Tyson, another one. See, I thought about having Iron Mike in the top five, right? I was really debating him swapping him out with either A-Rod or A-Rod or Ray Carruth. But this is my thought process at Man Cave Huddle or you, whoever. Y'all could text me if you want, my, my people. Y'all could text me. But this is the only reason why I didn't. In 1991, Tyson was arrested for uh, rape of Miss Black Rhode Island. Now, after that, his career was never the same I mean, you know, he fought um, Holyfield twice. One time, he um, it didn't work out. I mean, he lost. And then in the rematch, there was a bite fight. And he just fought other guys to where it just wasn't up to his pedigree to get his name back to where he could literally fight some prize fights. But prior to the rape conviction, we all forget Mike lost to Buster Douglas. And yeah, that was upset, but that wasn't on anything other than ego. Like he wasn't training. He wasn't doing nothing. He just walked in the, into that fight like I'm a veteran Madden player and I'm playing an eight-year-old. And that eight-year-old had game. And he got whack, whack. And next thing you know, it was the greatest upset that a lot of us have ever seen. So although Iron Mike made this list and I want to put him in the top five that's why I didn't because he lost before the rape if he would have lost like if the downfall would have happened after the rape then I would have been like that was the reason but after because he lost that's why he didn't make my top five I lump Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens together in my dishonorable mention list because I also say like these are two guys along the ilk of A-Rod to where these guys were going to make the Hall of Fame, if they didn't take the performance-enhancing drugs. The only reason why I put A-Rod A -Rod ahead of these guys is because I felt that A-Rod's, his star shined brighter than Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. And yes, Barry, Barry was that dude. And so was Roger Clemens. But I felt that when A-Rod came to New York, I mean, no matter what he did, his star was so bright it was undeniable and that's why a-rod made my top five and barry bonds and roger clemens didn't um another guy the former nets he retired or his last game plays was with the nets there were a lot of these guys there were three of them that i know of but i'm saying the nets nets not the one that played for duke nets played for st john's Jason Williams, forward, who was in one year in to a $90 million deal with the Nets. And this was in the 90s, where $90 million deals, that was like, woo, you made some money, bruh. I don't know if it was the 90s. Maybe it was the early 2000s. It could have been the early 2000s. But the point is, is that he had gotten into, um, he had bumped legs with Stephon Marbury, suffered a broken leg, 
And it was questionable to whether or not he would ever come back and play again. Now, the thing is about the NBA, your money is golden. Once you sign that deal, you golden. And he it, it was just a happenstance where it was it, it was a terrible injury that happened to where it ended his career. It's kind of like, you know, when NFL players turn ACL, it's just it was just purely by accident. But what wasn't by accident was a night to where he had a whole bunch of people at, at his house. The limousine driver is in his house. He's giving a tour of his mansion to these people. And he has the loaded shotgun. Everybody's drunk. Everybody's drinking. And he's playing around. And he accidentally shoots the limousine driver who subsequently dies. Dies. And... He had to go um, spend some time in jail for that. And although you could sit there and say the broken leg that he suffered, um, that was the reason why he wasn't back in the NFL. I mean, in NFL, in the NBA. This happened first year into that deal. <coughs> when I get a budget, I have a cough button. So you figure, was it really the broken leg why he was not allowed back into the NBA? Or was it more so what had transpired with him irresponsibly shooting and, and murdering this limousine driver? It's so crazy. But after that, he had some other issues, but he never came back to the NBA. And Jason Williams was such a fun-loving personality. Like, he was that dude where they'd be losing by, like, 30, and you wouldn't even know it because he always had jokes. He was just that dude, man. Such a... But, yeah, he makes my dishonorable mention list. Another dude, Michael Vick. Luck. When he was on the Falcons, that dude could do no wrong, man. It felt like the year where he was going to have his breakout year. He broke his leg, but you were like, I bet... He'll be back next year. And for all my football players, he was Lamar Jackson with a rocket arm. He was, and he was faster than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jack, that's who he was, man. And he was highly productive in a offense that was not designed for him to run. Sidebar real quick. Lamar Jackson is straight up cheat code Madden. I mean, throughout this pandemic that we're suffering, I've been playing with the Baltimore Ravens, and it just feels like you can call whatever play you want to call, and if the defense blitzes or the guys aren't open, Lamar Jackson can just run for like 10, 15, 20 yards, and it's a race, and it's first and ten. He is so. He's the reason why I'm. I'm considering of becoming a professional gamer. Okay, fine. Maybe I'm bugging. Back to the show. But when you talk about Michael Vick, he was. He had everything. He was in Atlanta. He was young. He was a star. He was that dude up and coming. The next one. He suffered an injury. But then you were like, all right, he broke his ankle. He's going to come back next year. He's going to be bigger and better. <sighs> then the dog fight thing happened. 
And look, I wasn't born in the South. I wasn't raised in the South. Some my 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 best friends live in the South. I got family that live in the South. Dog fights or animal fighting is what happens. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. I know animal lovers may feel like, how could you say that? It's the reality of the situation. Crack is illegal, but some people still smoke crack. You should love yourself, but some people sell themselves for money. It's the reality of the situation. And people, dog fight, animal fight, whatever. And Michael Vick co-signed that. I saw Michael Vick, the 30 for 30, part one and two. And, you know, he's saying that, like, he left that alone. But the fact that it was a, it was transpiring on property that he owned, although his boys were conducting all these illegal fights, he took the L for that. And when he came back, I don't want to say he wasn't the same. It was just different because when he came back, he was on the Eagles and he was a backup and they were using him kind of like a slash, kind of like a Cordell Stewart type of thing. And you just wanted to see him do his thing. And when he did have his opportunity with the Eagles to start, it was there and he came back. So that's why he's dishonorable and not top because he did his time. He paid his, his, what he had to pay in terms of his debt to society. And he came back and was able to vindicate himself. And there's one individual that uh, I had to say, and we all know who this guy is, man. OJ. I mean, look, we all, I don't want to say we all. I saw the 30 for 30 at ESPN. I saw the Fox special that they had on him. I know initially when when that when that whole and I'm talking about the the the, the original reason why he was on trial the double murder I thought he was innocent I believed everybody and then when you see these these documentaries and they provided so much detail and evidence and you were like wow I was in my, uh, 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 look man my my opinion so I don't want nothing come back to me in my opinion. I feel that he's guilty. I know, although he was proven not guilty, in my opinion, I feel that he is guilty. And in saying that, I look at him and he got off of that double murder. If I were him, I would have cashed out, took every dollar I had. I would have went to Dominican Republic. I would have went to some other small country that's nice, warm. I would have bought me a mansion. Do you guys have cable to where I could watch TV in the USA? Cool. I would have stayed there and lived life. I would have told my kids, come and live with me. And if you don't, I got eight rooms in the mansion. Y'all got whatever room y'all want. Come and visit whenever. And then he does the Las Vegas incident. And then gets bagged and gets locked up like, B, you got off, man. And then, not only did you not learn, then you go back and do some... <sighs> Definition of fall from grace. You do dumb shit or something illegal to end your career or irreparably tarnish your sports achievements and reputation. B, 
OJ was that dude. He was like Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. That athlete that when they retired, it'll probably be like a LeBron James. The athlete that when they retire, whatever they touch, whatever they sell, whatever commercial they do is golden. Your product is golden. That's OJ set that template before there was a template. Post career success and in his career he was the first NFL running back to rush for 2,000 yards he was that dude and then you had the incident in Vegas and then he goes to jail and then he gets out and then he's still talking more junk and you were like man but look um, these are the dudes that have made my dishonorable mention you guys got my top five. If y'all disagree, holla at your boy, boy. It doesn't need to be an argument. It doesn't need to be a debate. It could just be a transparent conversation, and we could chop it up and discuss why. But most importantly, thank you for telling me why you want to listen by actually listening. And upcoming, ep upcoming episodes, you can expect. You can expect. How about... Top five or 10 under 25 in the NBA. Or, I shouldn't say or, how about the this past NBA, I should say NBA, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame list. Or, how about, let's talk about players like a, a younger brother. No, I'm just going to say, LaMelo Ball purchased what? I'm going to say that. So that's going to be on my upcoming episodes soon to come. Please listen. I mean, I don't want to say you ain't got nothing better else to do, but what do you really have better else to do? You can give me 10, 15 minutes and holler at your boy, boy. But thank you. I want to end this episode with a positive quote. My positive quote for this episode is, be first and be lonely. My positive quote is, be first and be lonely. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.